1: The NFL is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving all new players a can't miss offer for week one. Bet just $1 on any NFL game during the first week of the season and receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. Take advantage of this limited time offer now. You heard it right, DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any week one game. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all the great promotions and daily odds boosts. Plus, you can make every game a big game with same game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any week one game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Gentlemen, short episode 101.30. Oh, Jesus fuck, I can't even talk. <laughs> <laughs> Hold Keep on. Keep going. No, I can't. Stop. Episode I can't. 138. Just no, it's go. 137, isn't it? Is it? I thought it's it was 130, 138. Right. No, it's god.
0: 138, isn't it?
1: Oh I swear. my god, you guys. Don't, it's just don't. Been don't so cut. Bad.
0: Don't stop any of this.
1: Can't stop, won't stop. It's just been so, like. It, it's oh, 137. It is 137. Seven. You wow. guys are a bunch of idiots. <laughs> It it's just gone so far downhill, guys. Technical. So we're rescheduling our interview with uh, surprise Andy Isaac from Twitter. We're gonna have him on the Sausage King of Detroit. We're AKA going to have at him World on. Of Isaac. Yeah, he's gonna be on. We got some technical issues, some bad feedback problems. We're working it out. So I guess tonight we're just gonna the show must go on, and by the show I mean <laughs> we're just gonna bullshit. We're going to start with the literal, like, only Red Wings news of the week. And did we actually talk about when Ryan Martin was, like, left? Like, got a job with the
0: Rangers? No, we did not talk about that. No, we
1: didn't. So, Ryan Martin, assistant general manager of the Detroit Red Wings, accepted a job with the uh, New York Rangers. So he's going to work for New York, which a lot of people are like, oh, it's really sad. And then other people are like, I don't like at all how he handled Grand Rapids. And I could agree to some point with that. I mean, Grand Rapids was always, though, really, I mean, mostly really good. I really didn't have a problem with Ryan Martin, but he left. And a lot of people were really sad because he was, I, they liked the work they did with the Red Wings. And it's hard to replace a guy like that. But the replacement there is... He was
2: there for, what, 14 years? Yeah,
1: long, long tenure. But Which his is, replacement is, is Pat rare Verbeek in hockey for the, yeah. for the most part. So Pat Verbeek is replacing him. Pat Verbeek becomes general manager of the Grand Rapids Griffins. I think this will be really good. Verbeek has worked with Eiserman for a long time, and I don't have any issue with it. And we'll see this upcoming season. I know it's hard to change stuff like right before the season starts. Because I mean, we're going to be starting in, like Tyler said, in two days it will be one month until the start of preseason, which is like the most roundabout way of saying the preseason starts on the twenty fifth. No, no, I
2: want Tyler to say how he said it again.
1: Yeah, Tyler, how'd you say it?
0: I said it's in in two days it'll be one month away from the start of the NHL preseason. <laughs> no, you, that's I what I, thought I said. You said
2: in two days it will be thirty days. Until is how you said it. I don't think that's how I said it. <laughs> yes, you did.
0: <laughs> I don't really, I really don't think so. But okay,
2: that's what it threw me off. I was like, "Why didn't you just say a month?" And no, it was or September, thirty-two days. September Instead, it was twenty-two in two days. It's thirty days. Oh
1: lord. Well, that's. But Tyler had the most ass backwards way of explaining when preseason starts, and you can't really change very much between now and and when the AHL season starts or the NHL season starts as the right. assistant general manager, whatever. This will have a greater effect next season. But, I mean, Pat Verbeek has been in the organization for... He's years. in his
2: third season as the assistant GM. Really? His ninth, his ninth season overall with the Red Wings. So he... Two, all right, that's including two years as a player in 99-01. to 01. And then he had four years as a pro scout from 06-10. And then he was with uh, Iserman in Tampa that, the rest of the time.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. So he's been over here for a while now, and I elevating him, I have no issue with. So there's so that uh, is I'll the Red Wings su- news. Literally, I'll I'll there's been surprised been fucking they didn't else.
2: bring anybody else in.
1: Really? Are there any empty? positions? I don't think there are many empty positions. No, I don't think there's any empty positions. I I, I guess I meant in the sense now, of there was. He had two Ryan. guys. Huh? There was news that they're expanding the analytics department. Oh, they are. That's okay. Yeah, that's good. That's great. Yeah, um, that, no, I the... that. Uh, Verbeek mentioned it in his presser. Uh, oh, he had media availability. Uh, they will be expanding their analytics department, which is really good news. Yeah. I mean, it's teams are relying, unless you're Pierre Maguire, teams are relying more <laughs> on analytics. <laughs> Pierre Maguire <laughs> firing the analytics department. See, of see I have no
0: problem it. with analytics as long as it's not all analytics driven. There's got to be some normal hockey. Well, um, no, that's how analytics work, though. You need The best
2: of
1: both worlds. Sometimes I think Tyler is sixty-five years old.
0: No, you know because I see it here, and I know it's a different sport, but I see it here with the Red Sox. Tyler, they're they're putting players. Just listen for a second. They're putting players that don't even have a position. We went out and got Kyle Schwarber at the trade deadline to play first base, a position that the guys never played before because he can hit. And the, the nerds upstairs say that it's okay for, for him to be in the lineup. Tyler, it just doesn't make sense.
1: Tyler, you just spent 15 minutes trying to figure out how to work the sound on your computer. That's part of the reason I say you're 60 years old. Um, but the other part is that uh, this isn't baseball. <laughs> so baseball analytics and hockey analytics a little different. Uh, the eye test in – I feel like the eye test in baseball – is a lot easier because the dude walks up to the plate and he hits the ball or he doesn't hit the ball. Okay. Uh, In hockey, there's so many variables happening at one time that you can look at a guy and go, he's really good. And then you look at the analytics and you go, he had a shitty game except for the 10 seconds I saw him on my screen. He
2: scored two goals, but wow, the rest was awful.
1: Yeah, the other 20 minutes he wasn't on my screen. He was terrible, but the analytics pick that stuff up. That's yeah. not really the case in baseball. They're at the plate. They're not at the plate. They're in the field. They're not in the field. You can see yeah, them true. most, like, 90% of the time.
2: I think those just... points, it, they're a good balance for each other at this point. Like, if you have a team that respects the analytics but also has a great, like, in-person scouting department, you can t- make the best of both worlds. Because if you have guys on your team in your department, like, an Evolving Wild or – a Jay Fresh as your person that's behind the scenes driving that, and then you have like a Tony Ferrari as your person that's actually out there scouting. You can take what they're seeing, yep. bounce it off the little tools that you have at your disposal, and boom, does it match up? Great. Now you know that both things are working the way that they need to. That's where the yep. benefit comes in from. And just, com- I mean, we've talked about it before. We're not that, no. we understand the analytics yep. side of it. But like with any p- profession, analytics are fucking hard. Well, you're with analytics for the last several years, and it's not fun to look at those numbers and try to figure things out. Half exactly. The time. So that's why you have really smart people do it to explain it to you. And then when it works, it's great. When it doesn't, well, Tyler, you have Kyle
1: Schwarber. Your your analytics <laughs> your analytics should validate your eye test plus add more data. Yes. Right.
0: I, I, I understand that. I just don't want it to become okay, well the you know, the analytics department runs every single aspect of every single thing. And I don't think that's gonna happen because it didn't happen in Tampa Bay. I just you know, I'm just saying, you know, analytics are great. You still have to have a little bit of the eye test slash scouting slash all that.
2: You can't even strictly survive on analytics in a, in a normal day to day company. No, I've worked in it for like I said, the last several years. Yes, we have what our stuff shows, but when it comes to like the sales team, for instance, and what they're actually doing on the ground and who they're talking to, we can have all these pretty charts and graphs all day, but until we find out what's actually happening happening in conversations, we don't really know. It's the balance. That's all you need.
1: guess this is just a roundabout way of saying we don't like Pierre Maguire still. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, we don't
2: like Pierre, and we, lo- we-, we are not upset about Verbeek
1: exactly. taking on more of a role. and expanding the analytics department I will take it
2: but to kind of touch back on my other point though the only reason I thought that there may be another hire is because he had Martin and Verbeek going dual roles and then also I I don't know, I'd have to really look back at what was happening before he came over because he was assistant GM and director of player personnel in Tampa uh, was Verbeek but I don't know if Tampa ha- was rolling with two assistant GMs, and one of them being in charge of the HL and, uh, and other items. I don't have that one up, so I can't quite answer. That was the only reason I was thinking that maybe they hire someone else to kind of coincide with what Burbeek was doing. No, Wasn't
0: think- Julian Breezebois the uh, assistant general manager the oh, second duh. one? Yeah, yeah <laughs> Breezebois. Duh. Yeah. Jesus
2: Christ. Thanks, Tyler. Yeah. Uh, you So, yeah, he did have a dual GM, assistant GM role over there. So, mm-hmm. that's... Add that to it because he has, um, they have two right now in Tampa again. So they had two before when Eisen was still there, came here, had two. But whatever.
1: It's just the. (laughs) Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take the promotion. Mm -hmm. I guess that's what we're trying to say there. That's literally like the only actual news in Red Wings land. It's been so fucking boring. They did
2: lose one guy to the University of Michigan.
1: Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah, uh, Nar- Naruto. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: he was a... Uh, the only reason I knew remember that one is because I think he was a Catholic Central guy.
1: I don't know. I kept calling him Naruto, and then I, my brain is stuck on Naruto. I've been literally watching almost nothing but Naruto for, like, the past few months because I'm trying to get my wife through Naruto Shippuden. Uh, what? Yeah, anime, Ryan. Naruto is an anime.
0: Have you gotten into the uh, Ted Lasso, Greg?
1: I've not. I hear good things about Ted Lasso. Uh,
0: You've seen it, Ryan?
2: Oh, yeah, it's hilarious. I want to find... All right, yeah, so (laughs) Red Wings hired him. He's a player development guy back in the day. And he was... So he actually used to play for U of M. I think, as I mentioned, he went to CC. Uh, He is now an assistant coach for U of M. Okay, he is an assistant coach, yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. So, so I, uh, yeah. good for him. That's that, a good. That's yeah. He's from Livonia. He was with the Red Wings, obviously before.
1: So we're again welcome to the filler episode, where we just literally grasping at straws to find things to talk about. <laughs> but the one thing Ryan found it was it Wheeler that posted. Oh it?
2: shit! Damn, we're going right into it. So was it Wheeler? Uh, yeah, Scott Wheeler, August seventeenth. Yeah. On so the
1: Scott Wheeler at the Athletic posted. Is it the top ten or twenty five?
2: The the article is NHL Top Ten Goalie Prospects, 2021 Edition. Askarov and Knight lead Wheeler's ranking of the best drafted goalies.
1: So I correctly guessed the top five. It goes Askarov. Four. You got the four. Uh no, because you s- oh we were you gave four. A, okay, you, so I you correctly gave a guessed, what the fuck on number five. I correctly <laughs> guessed the top four. You did. So the top four are. Right, wait wait wait! I want to see if Tyler. Oh can do uh, it. Tyler, guess the t- try to guess the top five NHL goalie prospects. Okay. Askarov. You already know Ascrov and Knight are one and two. Yeah. And, yep.
0: and uh, Knight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Who's yep. three? I want to say Wallstead's got to be up there. He's three. Is that your number three. He's
1: three. Who's Is he four? three? Yep. Yeah. Who's
0: four? I want to say it's got to be Kosa. Kosa's Nailed four. It.
1: Who's five? Let's see Does if he get, get five.
0: five. I'm trying to think. Is it? No, because he would be in the NHL now. I was gonna say Carter Hart, but that's not. No, these right. are prospects. Uh, nope. Yep, prospects. Uh, give me a hint.
1: Uh, Calgary. Oh shit! Yeah, just got the, this <laughs> yeah. is this year, isn't it? I did the same thing. Uh, no, he was 2019. No. Yep, two years ago. It's Wolf, Dustin Wolf.
0: Oh, Dustin, the kid that played on uh, the U.S. Uh, world Junior team.
1: Yeah. So, yep. okay. yeah, that's that's the top five goalie prospects. But having a goalie prospect in the top five, real exciting.
2: When's the last time
1: Detroit could say they had that? I
2: can't remember a time.
1: No, because even at the time, I don't think Jimmy Howard would have been one of the top five goalie prospects. Um, ha, have the Red Wings ever had a top five goalie prospect? Would Larson have been close? No, Larson was like a sixth or seventh round draft pick. No, I uh, I can
2: honestly tell you the last time the Wings had someone of that caliber ranked highly like that in like a a prospect ranking for a goaltending.
1: Goal yeah, I yeah. can't either. I mean, I know Larson was very highly thought of forever, but I don't think he would have ever been named to one of the top goaltending prospects in the league, mm, and. No. I think that just, and again, you got Wallstedt right above, right in front of Kosa, which, again, toward draft night, some scouts had Kosa above Wallstedt, So mm-hmm. that could even flip-flop. But to have one in the top five, I mean, that's you hope to have your best goaltender since Hasek.
0: Yeah. Oh,
2: well, if that's the case, and he comes into form and say, Ned is still around, and that turns into your backup, and he's doing... Stuff like what we had from Bernier the last couple of seasons. Hello.
1: Yeah, I don't think Ned will be your backup though. Uh, at that point, Ned gets traded because he'll still be if Kosa thinks he can come in in two, three years. Oh, and that's then right at
2: the end of Kosa's turn.
1: It, well, mm-hmm. and then or at Ned's term. Er, yeah, sorry. And then you'd be good, and then maybe he's your bona fide starter by year four or year five. Ned is still gonna be like. 31, yeah, so... I think that works. I don't think you move to a back... At that point, you don't... I mean, you're not moving to a backup. You're still going to want to be a starter. He would then probably get traded.
0: Well, the best part about this for me is not only do you have Kosa that's in the top 10 of best prospects, now you also have a goalie that... I mean, where does he rank in best goalies in the league? He's probably got to be, what, top 20-ish?
1: In the or... NHL? What do you mean? Just what in general. Come... You, you mean not
0: having played a game ever? No, 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 no. I'm talking about Nadek. Nadef... Oh, Nadef... oh, Ned. Oh, yeah, I yeah, thought yeah, we were yeah. talking about Kosa. No, no, I... no. That's why I said not only do you have a great player, or, or sorry, a great see. prospect like Kosa, but hmm. now you also have a, you know... Prove not maybe not a proven number one goalie, but you know definitely an upgrade of Bernier and, and Grice. Ideally, and
1: I mean, yeah, I if, would say you if would, Ned. You don't think so. If Ned continues what he did last season, you've got Ned's a top ten goalie, easy. Yeah. If yep. he continues, if he even goes down a little, you're. I think that at the end of the day, you still have a top half of the league goalie. So a top twenty goalie, call it right. Nah, I top fifteen. Top fifteen. If he can bring yep.
2: him back and. And hover around a 92 say, percentage, or even a 91. No, 91.5. Yeah, he's gi- I think he's giving this team a chance to win at that point. Every now night. the goals against is probably what, yeah. If you uh, the goals against is where you're gonna have to look at a little bit harder. But if he's at a 91.5, 92, you got to think that hopefully that means he's allowing two to three goals a game, if that and now you're just hoping that the offense finally figures out what the hell they're doing, specifically the power play. Hello, Alex Tangay. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and then there may be winning games that we've been waiting for them to win the last couple seasons.
1: Yeah, so yeah. goalie instantly went from being, like, one of our shakiest what-the-fuck-are-we-going-to-do positions to our most solid, solid, solid position in, the like next de- two days. Yeah, that, that's for, the for thing the about decade. this. T-
0: that's the thing about this, too. It's like, you know, you... you we went into this offseason like, oh, well, you know, it's going to be Grice and somebody else that they sign. They're going to sign a free agent. Is it going to be Tuca Rask? Is it going to be someone like that? That'd be some uh, wild shit right And there. And then it turns out that you trade for not only just a guy that, you know, was pretty good. I mean, he was up there in the Ves, not in the Vesna, but he was up there in Rookie of the Year in yeah, the Calder, Calder Trophy candidates. Yep. And so, he's
1: still eligible this year.
0: Right, so he was in the playoffs. He got some playoff experience last year with the Hurricanes. He also what? What he led the league in goals against and save percentage. I know it was a shortened year, but I mean that's better than what we've had the last call it five six years now. So back when like Jimmy Howard was decent, I mean that, and and even Mrazek was decent at one point in time. Uh, So, I mean, it's definitely you go from a situation where you don't know what the hell is going to happen to not only having a good goalie for now, but also a good goalie in in the future as well. Ryan? No, it's fantastic. I mean, Howard in his
2: prime was still the most frustrating thing ever Mm -hmm. because there was so much offensive potential that you must maybe he just got, you know, lackadaisical back there. Looking at, like, the late actually early 2010s like that 20 2009 up through 2014 right right near the tail end of everything you were guaranteed one to two goals it seemed like per game that Howard was going to miss one and you'd be like what the fuck was that i hate saying yeah. that i mean that was that was basically what you Are you could talking about expect. Jimmy
1: Five Hole Howard days?
2: Oh my god. <laughs> or or just letting one squeak between the arms or going he, his patented right over the glove so, for how much we ragged on it, that that was the expectation because you knew that the offense was going to do something because, you know, you still had Datsuk and Zetterberg and the Euro-Twin boys there. So, it was a given, but it just seemed like we never had that true faith in goaltending, like you said, back to Hashik almost. And yeah. now we've got Ned as the starter for at least the next three seasons. And if Kosa does what he's... If he walks the talk, because he likes to talk, which is he fantastic. He likes to talk. It's, if, he, if he does what he's saying and is here in the next two to three seasons, and Ned is there to kind of bring this team back as the number one goaltender, and then you bring Kosa into the fold, shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I said, you go from having literally... Like the world's shakiest, like bottom of the barrel. Not bottom of the barrel because Bernier was still good because UFA, gone. Grice improved towards the end of the season. So you add one of the probably bottom half of the league, bottom quarter of the league goalie situations to in the next few years having one of the probably top quarter of the goalie situation, top quarter of the league goalie situations.
2: Would this situation be the closest we've had to, like, Ozzie and Vernon?
0: No, I think that this is the closest situation that we're going to get to Bishop and um, Vasilevsky. That's what I okay. think this is. Okay, well, I meant as in a Red Wings. Oh, state. in a Red Wings. Yeah, I would say that's the closest. Well, or would it be closest Oz- to Ozzie. Ozzie and Hasek? Ozzie
2: and Hasek.
1: Right, D- well, right. depending on how um, <laughs> Kosa played. Let's just temper our expectations will, yes. a little bit because I mean you
2: look at, like to temper that a little bit like there's as scott wheeler points out in his article he says the real concern i'm going to quote real quick to kind of temper the things as you said quote the real concern if there is one is stylistically in the way he can pull himself out of position and lose himself in the net a little on scramble plays so there's a little bit there concerning about how he might be too aggressive. So and the that Peter is, Morazic issue? Uh, maybe a little bit of Morazic and a little bit of Jimmy, where the five hole seems to be kind of uh, a bit of a concern based off some of the tape review. But the athleticism is there, and it seems like a lot of the stuff that he's got right now is easily teachable.
0: Yeah, sure. Now, it's that's coachable. in my head,
2: yep. but we'll see what happens. So there's the there's the double edge.
0: Yeah, but, I just th- I just think the situation going forward is is good, and not only that, but I mean, you know, you talk about a guy in uh, Sebastian Kosa that you know he's one of the more athletic goalies that we've seen in a long time. Oh yeah, and hopefully it continues that way. But I mean, it's just—is he done growing? You think? I
1: don't, I don't know, know. Since I guess in a month, Edvinson grew two inches. So oh, he did. I, f- I remember seeing that.
2: And that's another thing we could talk about. He since... had a little little bump.
1: Yeah, since Edmondson's draft, they're like, yeah, he's now listed at like 6 foot 6. So, <laughs> that's kind of crazy like who what's uh, Soderblom? 6 foot 7? I believe so. Let me look. And if he's an inch shorter than him, that's pretty
2: nuts. Soderblom is listed at 6'7" 227.
1: Yeah, and now they're saying Edmondson is 6 foot 6. So that's, I mean, again, you're getting larger. And if his if his draft profile had him at six foot four, and he actually grew two inches, that's real impressive.
2: Oh, I take that back. Maybe he's six eight. See, Google popped up and said he was six seven, and then I actually no, he's six eight.
1: I get onto Elite Prospects, and it shows him at six eight. That's big, though. I mean, it's still big. Like six foot six is big. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I think that again, again, I'm not gonna. I mean, that may give him a little bit more time. I mean, two inches, if you think about it, if you just, like, say, oh, two inches, not a big deal, two inches is actually pretty large. Like, that's a big gap for growing, and that's more having to probably get used to, again, you're now two inches taller, so you're mm-hmm. two inches higher off the ice, and it's going to be a little bit more to get used to, but, again, if he can use that size to his advantage, that's phenomenal. I mean, a pair, what's Cider? or six foot five, so you've got a six five. No, six. Sider's only six three. Really? Yeah. Hold on. I
0: thought he was six four. He's six three? Uh, okay, six four.
1: So you've I got think. Sider who's six foot four, and you've got Edmondson who's gonna be six foot six, or maybe he grows a little more since or uh, after now, but that's your top pairing of a six foot four and a six foot six guy, that's big.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, e- That's what e- you want. He
2: has him at six, four two7
1: Yeah, that's what you want, right? Yes.
2: Absolutely. Oh, that,
1: it, it, again, look at Tampa. Yeah, big, high quality defensemen. Not Skating. even just Tampa.
0: Look at look at the teams that have won the Stanley Cup the last couple of years. Yeah, obviously Tampa, but St. <laughs> Louis wasn't Tampa. small either. What well, I no. mean, yeah, they got Petrangelo, Perico, Edmondson, Petrangelo. Perico. or not Edvinson, Edmondson Perico. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those guys were Mooses. But
2: I I, I guess I, I my default is always Tampa because that's where Iserman came from and yep. really most of the guys still there were who he helped acquire so yeah,
1: yeah. I, I'm not worried about it. it's just it's again something that's really funny you go from having a terrible defensive core literally one of the worst in the league ever to right. in a few years you're going to have Sider you're going to have Edvinson. Uh, maybe a couple maybe a year after that you'll Maybe have, McIsaac. Uh Wallander, you could have McIsaac. You're gonna go from having one of the worst defenses in the league to possibly having one of the best defenses in the league if everyone pans out, to add what's again internal. Yeah, to add again with yep. one of your worst goaltending to one of possibly the best goaltending. So now would you work be, on forwards. Would this be an Iser plan moment? Uh. Yeah hashtag the eyes Plan.
2: oh
1: well you know
0: it's funny because i remember last year um th- like halfway throughout the season obviously we don't take everything that these people say into consideration but these morons on twitter and and actually i listened to 97 won the ticket which was a mistake listen to those morons <laughs> talk, on there well, they
1: don't talk about hockey well, no, they yeah. they
0: did they did talk about hockey at the beginning of the season. They're like, oh, well, I don't see what Eisenman's done. He's only been here one year, but I think it's already time. I'm just like, it's been one year. It's <laughs> been one year. What do you? What did you expect? Did you expect them to come in and fix it in in a year and a half? I That's not how did. it works apparently well you know that's that's where i am with this i mean the Eisen plan is not a one year or a two year or even a three year fix it's a five or a six year plan and if you don't want to be on board with that then that's fine but th- that's where i am with it i don't know about you guys i'm sorry i got distracted they officially posted the spider-man trailer
1: that's what no, I thought I'd have to go back and
2: look at it. <laughs> I was just trying to look at Twitter for random updates yeah, on anything. We, and then I saw Spider-Man. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. So we actually, um, it'll be coming out soon, but we have an interview with um, Octopus Thrower, the fan-sided Red Wings blog. Mm-hmm. And we were asked the same thing. Like, well, is Iserman taking, it seems like he's taking the long view, even when he makes hockey trades. Like, oh, the Nielsen buyout oh uh, which wow, again we, we didn't that. talk about
2: franz, See, here's the problem with the discord is we throw so much stuff in there now yeah. on top of the twitter that like we get lost in it
1: so franz nielsen was bought out recently which i texted in literally we had a collective what the fuck moment and <laughs> thank god it was great and, and again our our guess is it's purely for a roster spot they don't need mm-hmm. the money and we we talked about it last episode we're like we've got these guys where are they going to fit in though if they need play time because Nielsen still got a spot and our guess was he'd be waived and sent to Grand Rapids. Um, but Iserman said, fuck that plan. And he's just sending him to nowhere. So, uh, Franz Nielsen was bought out and, uh, frees up a roster spot and that roster spot could go to someone like full time Valeno, or it could go to Jonathan Bergeron or if Lucas Raymond just blows the fucking doors down, it could go to Lucas Raymond but that's the thing we were asked like does what does this Nielsen buyout mean does it feel like something else is coming or is it like a la abdicator buyout and I think it's more abdicator buyout like we said it's it's just leaving room on the roster for someone to take because next year whether you waived him for buyout or not Nielsen was not going to see Red Wings ice there just was no way that was going to happen
0: and there's no point for it i mean he's been miserable over the last couple of years really the contract when you really look back at it is just like it, it kind of makes you scratch your head it's like you know what did you think you were getting in what was he 33 at the time when they signed him and just mm-hmm. like i mean over we all like to pile on ken holland I mean, what was he thinking? He tried to clear all this money for Stamkos, and then when Stamkos basically said "thanks but no thanks," and there's no No, interview to be had. Yeah, we didn't get the interview. So, I mean, he pivots and then spends this money on Darren Helm and uh, Franz Nielsen. It's just—it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. And you know what? We'd be out of this situation a lot faster if we didn't have contracts like that on the books. Obviously. Um, the buyout is pretty favorable, I would say, uh, considering some of the buyouts going forward You know, are three and four and five years. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen Weiss and Abdelkader. Yeah. Um, well, Weiss is just, gone. We don't have to talk about No, that one's off, thankfully. <laughs> thankfully, that one's off. But, I mean, those just... Just put those two contracts together. Both of those are miserable contracts. And I understand Weiss was a pretty good player in, in uh, Florida and Vancouver. Was he in Vancouver? and Or was he in Vancouver after? I forget what it was. But um, Weiss was awful and <laughs> Nielsen was even worse because you didn't get much production from him at all. He was awful every pretty much every year. The first year was a little decent, and it just got worse as the years went on. And so, I mean, it just to me it made a lot of sense to kind of cut the ties and um, you know make a spot for a younger, cheaper, um, more affordable player, more productive as well. When he when he came
2: over, his first season it was about on par with what we saw in New York. He had forty one points that first season in Detroit. But it got, he went from 41 to 33 to 35 to 9 to 6.
1: That's real bad.
2: <laughs> now, granted, the 6 was in 29 games, but bad. Still so, 6 points in 29 now, games. You can so, say that it didn't help. That I mean, the idea was technically he was kind of coming in to replace Pavel Datsyuk, which we know never is ever possible. No. So that mindset, it, it, I, I would actually like to really know if the moves that Ken Holland made that offseason were to try to find that replacement. If he was of actually course going they were. all, if he was really trying to get a table or a seat to talk to Steven Stamkos and snipe him away from Iserman in Tampa, knowing what Tampa had at the helm at that point already on their roster like did did you think that was gonna work
0: but no I think the thought was that he he wanted to play somewhere close to where he was from Uh, well that's what uh, you know a lot of people were reporting Elliot Friedman and and those guys and he wanted to play close to where he's from which is Markham Ontario which is right up the 401 from Detroit so I mean there was a little bit of a probably mutual interest on both sides, but then Stamkos saw the Red Wings and and saw, like, where they were headed. And, I mean, the writing was on the wall. I mean, you know, you had guys exiting, Mike Babcock left, which I know a lot of people, you know, that kind of bothers a lot of people and doesn't bother a lot of people, so whatever, either way. Then you had Datsuk say, yeah, I'm going back to Russia. And then Zetterberg, a couple of years later, is like, yeah, okay, I'm, I've had enough of this. So it's just... I don't know. There there was a lot of different kind of scenarios and situations where, I mean... But all yeah, he probably now, Tyler. Yes, all those contracts are gone.
2: They're all yep. gone.
0: They're all gone. Thank God.
2: Every single... I mean, DeKaiser doesn't count. He's still fu- mildly functional if he's healthy. But yep. the bad ones are
1: gone. Yep. And that's the thing. Just another contract that's gone. And like we said, it's to open a roster spot and nothing else. We don't need the cap room unless... They're going to offer sheet Ooh. Elias Pedersen, but we still don't need that Ooh. cap room to offer Ooh. sheet But Elias Before we Patterson. talk
2: about that, I want to... So, what do you think the average age... So, I'm on cap friendly. So, it's it's only got 11 forwards on there. None of the youngest guys that we would hope would make the roster. Mm-hmm. What is the average
0: age of Detroit's forwards at the moment? Do After
1: you think? dropping Nielsen? Mm-hmm. 26? Six.
0: Tyler? That's what I was exactly about to say. 26. 25.4
1: yeah because you got a few of 26 which you got a couple other younger ones so mm-hmm.
2: and now guess the defense there's seven guys on defense that that cat friendly is listing um,
1: that's de Kaiser. okay so the oldest one is going to be uh Mark Stahl. Mm-hmm. and he's what 34 34? 34 34? Mm-hmm. okay so your defense is probably a combined 28.
0: I'm going to say 27.
1: 27-4. Yeah, so right in the middle. When's the
2: last time Detroit's had that? The oldest group right now is goaltending because Grice is 35 and it's average age of 30.
1: So again, Detroit went went from one of literally the oldest teams in the league to Hands down. probably one of the youngest teams in the league and then is going to get even younger. Mm-hmm. So. It's...
0: well i remember they always talked about the youth movement and then it just seemed like you'd watch a game and they talk about the average age and and you'd look at the oldest teams in the league and the red wings are still up there yep. with the young with the oldest players in the league or with the oldest team in the league and i'm just like well, how is that possible well because you had cronwall and you had zetterberg and franz and on uh, ir and you know all that well then you well, had I think you could say,
1: and Ab then De Kaiser and yeah, Jonathan Erickson and
2: well, I think and you could say the youth big error to that point would have been like Tatar Nyquist when yep. they were starting to come in. Yep. And then that just
1: fluttered. Yeah, that no. That just didn't work. It's gonna be a lot of rookie stuff. Uh it's gonna be a lot it's now it is an actual youth movement. It's gonna be mm-hmm, a lot yeah. of rookie play, it's gonna be a lot of younger guys like Iserman said he's not acquiring guys really unless they're younger. And, and that's just how it's going to be going forward. So I think the last thing we want to talk about tonight before we sign off on this random scramble episode <laughs> is a possible Elias Pedersen uh, offer sheet. Ooh. So still doesn't have a contract. Nope. The Vancouver Canucks still need to sign him and Quinn Hughes. And the, the question was posed to us. Do you think it would be worth four first round picks to give up? Pedersen and my answer was no um, Four firsts No but I th- don't think it would cost You four firsts I think if you Signed him to a five year ten million Dollar con- year contract You would only have to give up two firsts a second And a third I think I would do that no problem um, If you're If something weird happens And in two years you're not in the playoffs And you're still getting lottery odds Then you save your, your Third and fourth pick there but I think Pedersen, putting him in this lineup, and mm-hmm. if your centers are Pedersen, Larkin, uh, Souter, and Rasmussen, or oh. Valeno at that point, you've got probably one of the top center depths in the entire league. Potentially. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you go from that gaping hole again.
1: At... Worst to first, baby. <laughs> you
0: you go from that gaping hole after Dylan Larkin, uh, think Tyler where obviously. I like saying
1: gaping hole
0: well gaping. you know i guess i guess gaping oh, God. you go from the that hole that just gave me chills you go from that giant hole that is Why after you have dylan to say larkin it differently because you, y'all are making fun of me so You're saying after that. dylan larkin but that is
2: gaping and giant keep going
0: after dylan larkin it's a hole as we all know and I mean, obviously, Valeno is hopefully that number two center, or hopefully Rasmussen can make that jump and be that number two center. But really, in the pipeline, they still don't have that. You know, they have the Mort Sider, they have the Simon Edvinson on defense, on the wing, they have Lucas Raymond and Jonathan Bergerin, and there's other players in the pipeline. There's just not a whole lot at center. There really just isn't. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, yeah, they've drafted a couple, but there's nothing, you know, imminent that could be on the team like next year or the year after, I don't think. So um, that would be a huge addition if they could offer sheet Elias Petterson and, you know, have him be the two center or, dare I say, the number one center on the team. I mean, I think Elias Petterson is a budding superstar. I really do. I think that guy, yeah, he's on Vancouver, who is not a very good team. But um, I really do think he's a budding superstar. And I think a a change of scenery for him, going to a place where I think winning is going to be and continues to be a culture. I know the Wings aren't winning right now, but I don't think the culture is bad down there. I really don't. I think the culture is actually pretty healthy. Uh, They know they're not a great team, but I still think they give a lot of effort. And I think outsiders see that. Why do you think a um, yeah, Bobby Ryan signed here? Why do you think um, you know Mark Stahl signed here, even though he has no <laughs> shot at making the playoffs? Because the culture is still pretty good. So I mean, Steve Elise Pedersen going from Vancouver to Detroit. I mean, I think he would be pretty happy with that. Obviously, $10 million dollars would be uh, more than enough for him. But um, he could be the number one center of the future if that were to happen. Oh, he what? absolutely would, and because in the thing is, as
2: for the offer sheet point, we're looking at figure it out, offer sheet calculator. So if we're looking at that, and we look at Detroit, obviously they can meet every requirement for the first four round pit for four first round picks. Yep. Now that would mean that they're going to be paying Patter- Patterson over ten point two seven six. Ten million, two hundred seventy-six thousand, eight hundred thirty thousand. Is that
1: on a seven-year contract? Per year, uh, seven years. Does it update? Well, the thing is, is if you pay him, to, you can go up to ten million on a five-year contract and not have to give up four first-round picks.
2: Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. I was. I was doing. It's ten, ten, two, six, eight, thirty, and above is is where you hit four first-round picks. Eight two two one four six four up into that one is where it's two firsts, a second, and a third. Now, like you said, if we go with around nine ten million, I want to say good luck to Vancouver because they yep. still have to sign Quinn Hughes. Exactly. They run into next season having to likely give an uh, uh, even more money to Brock Besser. Yep. So, you've got your young talent, superstar talents that you have to lock up. And they don't have much that falls off the wagon after this season. So,
0: no.
1: that's how have where... they screwed
0: themselves so bad. Well, they were fine
2: yeah. until they decided to make a trade to get All, Oliver All Eckman Larson. Larson. Yep. That's mm. what screwed them. Because, te- I mean, right now, yes, they have $10.66 million in cap space. Yep. So, but the cap's not going anywhere. Nope. Like I said, they have to sign Quinn Hughes still this season, and Pedersen. They also have Brock Besser is a arbitration eligible restricted free agent come mm-hmm. next season. And let's see other guys that potentially fall off or just role players, but you're going to have to still backfill them. So they, they also are-
1: sign. They also got Connor Garland, who's making four point nine five million a year.
2: Yep. So, so they that trade with t- uh, with Arizona potentially took them out of uh, potentially potentially out of Pedersen and Hughes. Yeah. Now Benning says he's no, gonna I match would just, anything that comes through, but
0: I don't know how you can do it. You can't. I would just trade Brock Besser away. Well, at even, that point. why?
1: Even then, Brock Besser is only going to free up five point eight seven five million innings in RFA next season. So here's the mm-hmm. thing. They also got Jason in at two point six five million. They went out and made these moves without signing their two most. I would say their two most important players in Quinn Hughes and Elias Patterson. I and think the worst one to make that they the made right now. Nope.
0: Yeah, I think the worst one. Well, Connor Garland, I think, is a really underrated player. I think sure. he's going to continue mm-hmm. to get better. That's fine. But but Tyler Myers, that's a abysmal contract. Six million dollars for three more years. That's insanity. So, Benning, that guy's a that guy is a plug.
1: So Benning's made some bad moves, but he's kind of backed himself into a corner here. So if some if Iserman were to go offer sheet five years, ten million a year to Elias Patterson, and they matched it, they've got zero money for Quinn Hughes unless Literally. they unless they trade like a they have to trade Besser they tra- have to trade Besser for or nothing or Horvat for nothing. And then they'd have to give that money to Quinn Hughes, so I'd be worried. And I know again the offer sheet—it's just like, it's a thing that GMs don't really like to use because it, it creates tension between teams, and then you kind of ruin a trade partner going forward. But I, I'm—I wouldn't worry about ruining the relationship with Vancouver. I don't care. Yeah. I you would
2: don't see them until it's no. going to be a final. Yep,
1: yeah, I would totally <laughs> offer Elias Pettersson $10 million a season for five seasons, no problem. And then let him use that money on Quinn Hughes, because Quinn Hughes is a 1002C or as a uh, 102C, he can't be offer sheeted. So you can only offer sheet Elias Petterson And I think it's as uh, a 22-year-old point per game centerman, uh, and that's at 22 years old. I have his chart up. Uh, his wins above replacement is at 96 percent. So yeah. At, 22 years old. (laughs) And
2: he pretty much will help complete your Swedish Mafia.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He becomes um, fully Team Sweden at that point.
0: uh I think he's the closest player, and I I know he models his game after Henrik Senderberg, so I mean, he is just unbelievable. I'm telling you right now, this kid is going to be a top five player in the league at some point.
2: You know what's interesting, though? I
0: was looking at Evolving Hockey for
2: contract projections, and... They only had him if he stayed staying in Vancouver at four nine five
1: Is that possibly because we, Vancouver's broke? It could be i I don't know. but if Dude, you have
0: why him would he stay, away, stay there no more? Why would he give a rats ass about a hometown discount to stay
2: well, in I Vancouver? mean he dropped the bomb maybe in the Sidine about wanting to go to a winning team in a culture.
1: Yeah. I just think that if you look if he looks at it and you're saying, hey, the Red Wings, uh, they're look at the younger guys they have, look at their general manager, they're mm-hmm. on their way up and they're pretty much I'd say right now uh, how far away from Vancouver is Detroit? Really. Not distance-wise like, Detroit's is is competition-wise. Oh. Well, I think I mean, that Vancouver th- like Detroit I think they're ahead of them. Sure, but by how much? That's my thing. True. So you've got with Pedersen and Hughes, yep, and and Horvat, yep, and picking Horvat, up Garland Besser. is good, but you can't right now. Even right now, you can't afford Pedersen and Hughes unless you bridge both of them.
2: Yeah, you you'd have to go a one year deal for each guy to try to make this your all in season.
1: Sure, and the next season you got to trade them, one mm-hmm. of them, so or you just get rid right, or, or you, you let better yeah well he's an rfa so you trade his rights to someone mm-hmm. or you f- trade bo horvat away with one year left on his contract in, in any way you look at it it's not a good not a good scenario for Vancouver to be in, but again they put themselves in that scenario so who they cares?
2: do luck out coming into next season they get uh three an extra three million bucks because they had a recapture penalty of three three mil from thewanga retiring
1: okay and um in twenty twenty three twenty four Michael furland drops off he's injured reserve right now so they got Pud Colson down there Pud Colson's gonna be a good player that's well, Pod yeah. Colson's entry-level contract runs out in 2024-25, so the only one they they really don't really have to worry about any of the younger guys coming up mm-hmm. and just demanding a ton of money because Pod Colson signed through 2023-24, and he's an RFA in 2024-25. So they're lucky on that aspect where they don't really have to worry about any prospects coming up and demanding a ton of money. They just have to worry about their current possible stars on the roster which they can talk all they want about being able to match any offer anyone makes to petterson and they can do that unless someone offers them like 11 million and they can't without trading someone but you're going to lose out in in one way or the other if you're the canucks unless you yeah. can get creative i mean creative well. is still losing out
2: well then, your problem is is that you have to sign Quinn Hughes to almost an AHL deal,
1: yep, and send him down to the minors to try to have your cap. Or Quinn Hughes says, "Fuck it, I'm going to go play overseas for a season."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so, that's not going to happen, and that sets your team back again. So I don't know. I think, I, and again, that is a question that was posed by Octopus Thrower. It's a good question. I think it's. I don't think it's worth four firsts, but I would definitely do no. two firsts a second. And, and
0: now Quinn Hughes goes. Trade me right fucking now, like Jack <laughs> Eichel saying to the Buffalo Sabers.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's what we're that's where we're gonna wrap it up tonight. Uh, I want you guys' as quick uh, give me your social media stuff and I'll sign us off.
2: RD Ryan33.
1: Thoughts go out to the, the Hayes family and the, the Boston community on the passing of Jimmy Hayes. But yeah, like Tyler said you can follow him at Seal Dog ninety one. You can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow Grindline Podcast online at GrindlinePod. You can find our podcast wherever podcasts are distributed. iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, everywhere. you find podcasts, you will find our podcast. You can check out our merch online if you go to RedBubble.com and search the Grindline. If you buy hockey supplies and you go to Howie'sHockeyTape.com and use the promo code Grindline there, you get 10% off your order. And if you like other hockey merch and you go to Bring Hockey Back and use the same promo code Grindline you get 12% off your order. If you check out our Twitter feed, we do have a deal going on with BetUS. If you sign up there using the promo code GRINDLINE, you'll get 125% of bonus credit when you deposit On there, we know people are always looking for betting alternatives, so as well as our deal with DraftKings, we also have one with BetUS. We also like to give a shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on Twitter, who is gracious enough to host us and spread our podcast among the community. And we also like to give a shout out to Founders, who's the official beer of the Grindline podcast. But That's into it for us tonight on our completely random episode. So for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, HockeyTown.